Matt, we fucked up. What did we do? We uh, we just recorded a whole episode and we forgot to shout out our listener contributor of the week. We got one. We, we got three contributors to shout out actually. Fuck yes, two that we know, uh, one that we don't. Um, we got to give a shout out. This was we were told to read this. Um, we'll just read whatever you tell us to read. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is Oleg, but this is somebody. This is what I have to read. This is what I have to read right now. Shout out to the MIB Chad Index Fund. We only buy tops with no stops on margin. Oleg is a Chad of all Chads, a true thundercock. Bless up, Marty and Matt. We love you. Love you guys, too. Hey, we love our listener contributors. If you guys want to contribute, go to tftc.io slash contribute. You can, you can send a message like that there. Oleg is the Chad of all Chads, a true thundercock. I would like to be referred to as a thundercock one day. I don't know if it will ever happen, but... I don't really know what the message means, but I'm... Um... It's I'm there. digging it. Uh, we're going to drop this in the beginning of the episode just because we fucked up so bad. Um, but before doing that, we got a shout out to uh, JW, or excuse me, not JW. We got to give a shout out to Farface2000, who bought us a bottle of JW Blue um, to celebrate when we pass 10K, if we pass 10K at some point. Delicious. In the future. And then. Um, when we pass 10K. When we pass. Um, and then uh, somebody, an unnamed listener, um, bought us a bottle of. Balveni as well. It's delicious. Um, yeah, we can't wait to enjoy that. Shout out to you, freaks. Thank you for I, contributing. I just want to say, like, I think it's so cool that people can just contribute anonymously. Right. And there's like no, we have no idea who it is. We just have UTXOs. We can, we're not following them. We're not. We're not a chain analysis company. No, we're not. Um, yeah. But, so you know, coin join before you send them to us. Definitely, definitely send them straight from Wasabi. Don't even think about sending it from from your exchange yeah, or account. Lightning. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you, for you freaks, for contributing. If any of you freaks want to contribute by buying a bottle of whiskey, just throwing us a donation or buying a shout-out, do so at tftc.io slash contribute. Enjoy this, uh, enjoy this riff we just ripped. What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here on a gloomy Thursday back in the studio with our boy Matt O'Dell for another episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt, what's going on? How's it going, guys? It's going good. Good week. We just uh, pumped over 9K there for a little bit, for, for half a minute, I believe. You're like the only person in the world who caught it. Yeah. Blew my load early with the Vegeta meme. Can't, uh, can't repost it on the way back up. Right now, we're sitting at $8,627.67, according to the trade block XBX index, and we're at block 578561 according to my node. 116 sats percent people there you go your pennies are not going as far as they used to yeah we've been uh last time we met it's a week ago what chart oh i had the week chart up i'm like what the hell is going on here it's a big candle not to one hour bitcoin's volatile again it's beautiful it is volatile again last time we met on the 23rd we were at like hovering around eight thousand. Um, volatility's back. Uh, before we get into the news topics, there's a lot of drama this week. Probably won't dive into the drama. It's not even worth it. This episode of Tales from the Crypt, a rabbit hole recap, was brought to you by Unchained Capital. You freaks know all about their vault service already. They're helping you secure your Bitcoin and their two of three multi-sig vaults. You can use your treasure, your ledger, and Electrum, I believe, as well. Um, ideally use the hardware wallets and you have Unchained there as a second signer to a two or three multi-sig if you need them and they're working on ways to get more creative with their 
multi-sig if you guys have businesses and stuff like that and you have unique key schemes that you want to use uh, they're gonna they're gonna help you out moving forward right now if you sign up by going to www.unchained-capital.com slash vaults and you sign up you're gonna get three free months of safe noon mooses the bitcoin standard research bulletin very high quality publication there um, again www.unchained-capital.com slash vaults this episode is also sponsored by the Cash App. You freaks know all about them. The first P2P finance app to offer Bitcoin selling on their, uh, excuse me, P2P payments app to offer Bitcoin buying on their platform. They're number one finance app in the app store for the last two years. They're helping to stack sats, and they also have this boost program, which I use every day. Uh, you, you get a card, you get to personalize it, put your signature, put a little Bitcoin there put it a little in the fed whatever you can get creative with it doesn't really matter um whatever you want to do uh download the cash app today at your local app store uh, and start using the boost program saving money stacking sats hopefully they uh implement sats back in the future at, at your local app store yeah there's like two and f droid yeah 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 it depends where you are what, what device you're using and uh hey while while we're talking about local app stores, let's talk about local podcasting platforms. If uh, you freaks are out there and you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, review. Every every like, every pound, every subscribe goes a long way. Yeah, the reviews help a lot. I didn't realize that. They do. They really do. Um, speaking of reviews, why don't you review the latest uh, Wasabi update? It looks like they have an OS X stability improvements and Treasure One support has not been added. Yeah, the bigger the big thing is the Mac stability improvements. Uh, the the latest the latest update of Wasabi previously was freezing up for people running on Mac, um, so it shouldn't do that anymore. And and their their fee selection changed a little bit, so it's it's going to be a little bit cheaper. But confirms will take a little bit longer for the actual coin joints. Oh really? Yeah. They uh, the way they already had it set up was basically it uses the lowest fee possible and then it can keep joining it could keep participating in rounds if it's unconfirmed so they would raise it would just keep raising until it confirmed um, and I think there's a max of 20 unconfirmed transactions that could be there yeah uh, so now they made it a little bit more aggressive so it tries to get even cheaper fee. Uh, because, you know, fees have been going up lately. Yeah. I saw that uh, there was almost the first 100-person coin join last night on Wasabi. I think we've had one before, but maybe not. That's all. I think I saw... But uh, we almost had one again. Yeah, I saw Adam Fisker tweet about that this morning. Um, so it seems like more people are using it. Yeah, I mean, we got Bull Bitcoin using it, which is a big plus probably. Um but yeah, liquidity in general seems to be going up. Usage in general goes up, and as more people use it, the better it gets, right? So, yeah. and today, uh, I think it looks like there's a, a update to Ledger Live in the pipeline, which you probably shouldn't be using Ledger Live from a privacy perspective anyway, because they can see all your transactions. Um, but they updated it so it can finally. They're about. You know, there's an update in the works that that allow them to send to Beck 32 addresses, which is what Wasabi uses. Because up until this point, you had to use an intermediate intermediate wallet to transfer in between. Um. Yeah, that was that the thing where the Beck 32 address weren't showing up in the GUI, and you had to. No, but with Ledger, they weren't even letting you send in Ledger Live app, like the actual app. They weren't even letting you send to Beck 32 addresses. You had to send 
uh, oh. to a different wallet first, like a samurai or a green wallet, and then or Electrum, and then send from there to Wasabi. Oh, I, mi- I misheard you. I thought you were talking about the Treasure One. Oh yeah, the Treasure. Oh yeah, Treasure One support is now active. The issue with that was you couldn't type. I believe the issue with that is that you know you can't type the pin or the or the passphrase on the, on device, the device on the original. Um, so now. I'm assuming they give you prompts when you do it. Uh, the Treasure T obviously doesn't have this issue. Uh, the cold card doesn't have this issue because you just enter it on device. Which is the way it should be done, probably. Yeah, I think I think it's, you know, obviously it's way more secure if you if you do it on device. Yeah, and this is a good uh, Wasabi usage and becoming more private with your UTX is a good segue into something I wrote about earlier this week that I thought was going a little... Under the radar, I don't know how uh, alarmed we should be, or, or I think we should be pretty alarmed. I think we don't know how severe the threat is, but we will in a few weeks. So something to be on the lookout is um, the Financial Action Task Force releasing guidelines over the next couple of weeks about how uh, cryptocurrency exchanges and other custodians uh, should act, and they're going to have to join this coalition and check off a bunch of KYC, AML, checkboxes and basically uh, taking a lot of data on their customers, uh, sort of uh, chain analysis, company porn, uh, make it so that uh, everybody's being tracked on chain, at least through these custodial services. Um, and the, and the, the rule they're falling on is the quote-unquote travel rule for correspondent banks. So it seems like they're maybe legitimizing these uh, exchanges as financial institutions, but trying to drag net their digital panopticon over to this industry. You know, I don't think, obviously this is not great. Um, especially for businesses that operate in, I, I think like pretty much most countries have to comply with these kind of rules. Yeah, so it's, it's a FATF. I keep missing. It's a, it's an awkward, uh, alphabet soup acronym FATF. Uh, Financial Action Task Force is a coalition of 38 countries, I believe it was started in France. And I'm pretty sure they're unelected officials who are just writing these draconian laws on people. Yeah, so anyway, you know, it's not great. Preferred wouldn't be happening. But even if it does, like, you should have just assumed that this was going to happen anyway. I think this is the natural end, end game. This And so Bitcoin will go through, like, an intermediate phase where it'll be harder to get, harder to use in a lot of ways because of draconian regulations. And then it'll emerge pretty much relatively unscathed from it because that's how it's designed. It's designed to not give fucks about this. Is this uh, the beginnings of the potential for a bifurcated market for UTXs? Those which are quote-unquote tainted on the uh, regulated exchanges and those which are not? No, I mean, I don't think that we should... We shouldn't, you know, just assume that using Bitcoin privately makes, you know, is an illegal action. And I I feel like, uh, like the more we, just because it's possible for them to do it doesn't mean we should even consider it because it's just a ridiculous concept. Like if we, everyone can, has, has easy access to coin joins. Now you can mix relatively easy through Wasabi. Um, if, if you try and ban with usage, you know, as usage grows, which it is growing, if you try and ban transactions with a uh, coin join history, you're just basically banning self custody altogether. It's like if they just ban Bitcoin, yeah, they can ban Bitcoin, right? But the whole point is 
if, 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 if banning Bitcoin is an effective way of destroying Bitcoin, then Bitcoin shouldn't have any value anyway in the first place. Right. It's going to have to take these hurdles on head first. And like I said, the, the title of uh, that Ben in particular is the battle is well underway. Um, so, yeah, just be prepared for this stuff. It's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be a little awkward. It's going to be you're going to have to stand up and say, hey, no, we we want to defend this right to transact in private and have financial freedom at the end of the day. Your government is probably going to make you disclose addresses, disclose ownership amounts. Um, and and so so you're going to, you know, that's going to be really hard to enforce. Um and it'll be harder to enforce on an individual basis if you learn to use Bitcoin privately today, you know, before any of those kind of onerous regulations come to pass. No, this highlights another thing that we harp on is that it's better to get on this stuff earlier rather than later. And, um, yes, start today when you don't necessarily think you need it and you'll be, you'll be very happy when you do need it at some point in the future. Um, this goes into something else. I don't want, this is going to be a segue for something. I missed the segue. Um, it's the worst type of segue. I know. I missed the segue. I'm sorry, freaks. Uh, oh, here's a segue. To help combat this, we need to make Bitcoin as decentralized as possible. And uh, a couple of days ago, um, Brian Bishop, uh, this dude Gleb, Gleb's last name's escaping me, Peter Woola. Greg Maxwell and a couple other cryptographers uh, released a proposal for uh, Erlay, which is a, a proposal for a different uh, type of transaction relay network uh, between nodes. And this would considerably uh, decrease the bandwidth needed uh, to to transit or to, excuse me to relay transactions between nodes. So by a shit ton, by a shit ton. So if you go, I wrote about it the other day. If you uh, go to the paper and this is basically on their test with their, the variables and the parameters that they set in this test, which may not be exact when it hits the market, but is, is directionally very close. Um, if you were a full node connected to 32 peers, if you are a full node currently connected to 32 peers on average, uh, you're, you're spending about 17.3 gigabytes of bandwidth per month, uh, with this early network. Uh, that would be severely reduced to below one gigabyte, 0.94. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, so we talk about decentralization, and the path towards decentralization means that people need to run full nodes, be able to run full nodes, and this allows people with lower-powered devices and people in areas with suboptimal internet connectivity to to run full nodes, if implemented. Yeah, you want you want more full nodes, the better. Yes, and this would severely increase the, the ability to run a node and... The way they're doing this um, is they're using Minisketch. I can, I'm not going to describe the technical uh, inner workings of this perfectly, but the way I understand, they're using Minisketch in a way to compress uh, transaction states or transaction sets, excuse me, uh, making it easier to relay. Um, and basically the trade-off with that is latency. Right now it takes about uh, 3.15 seconds to get uh, a new transaction relayed across the whole network. The trade-off, if early we were to be implemented, it would increase that to 5.75 seconds. Um, but the, uh, the authors of the paper seem to think this is a, a good trade-off and may even combat some, some timing attacks. Yep. Uh, I mean, 
we're gonna link to the actual proposal as well. Yeah, and these guys can describe um, this much better than Uncle Marty can. It is, you know, it's it's a little bit dense. It's it's mostly magic. They mostly use magic to accomplish this. Yeah, goal. it is magic internet money. Yeah, but like, so efficiency improvements like this are the things you'd like to see if we were ever to need to increase the block weight in the future. Yes. Um, no need to put the you know the cart ahead of the horse. Exactly, and this is again, this is something I another thing that I think went sort of under the radar that is important to highlight. Like these are the dull, boring upgrades that you should be looking for, the ones that cut bandwidth uh, for full nodes connected to 32 peers from 17.3 gigabytes to below a gigabyte every month. That's a crazy yeah, improvement. Bandwidth is the biggest restriction and cost for running these nodes. Um, in some places, you can't even get that kind of bandwidth capacity to to run an effective full node. Um, and And node runners don't get, they're not getting direct benefit you know, there, there's there's plenty of indirect benefits like full sovereignty and better privacy and actually verifying the chain being a full Bitcoin user. Um, but you're not actually getting paid to run it. Uh, so you want to keep those costs as low as possible. Otherwise, basically what you're doing is you're socializing transaction fees to all the to all the people running nodes. Yes. Um, just a crazy step forward. Um, and again, on top of that, so the announcement cost right now, on top of that, uh, connectivity cost, the announcement cost too, of just like sending the transactions, uh, per month right now is 4.33 gigabytes. This would drop this to 0.7 gigabytes. So two areas of efficiency. And again, this is based off of the parameters and the variables of, of these particular simulations within the paper, but it seems directionally like a huge, huge boost in efficiency. Um, speaking of huge boosts, uh, Bitcoin just hit a new all-time high in terms of uh, based <laughs> in Argentinian pesos. So uh, I I like that meme that's going around. You know, like the chart. This is how Argentinians see Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I, there was another one on there. It was Argentina. I believe Turkey was on there as well. Tur- the lira has been falling. Falling fast against. And it's probably above the all-time high for Venezuelan, right? Yeah, m- most likely. Um, yeah, so Bitcoin continues to uh, to beat up the 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 weak currencies in the world. Yeah, we'll just see more and more of them fall. Yes, until. I mean, once it hits once it hits a new all-time high in USD again, it's basically a new all-time high in all of them. So. Yeah, and uh, who knows with the volatility lately. Stuff could come faster than you think. This again, I don't. We don't like to talk about price a lot. I will just we note. Talk, we like to talk about price. All right, we talk about price. I will, let's just note that this uh, this recovery is happening faster than I, than I expected. Yeah, it always does. It uh, it doesn't matter. Could be You'll a pump never, fake. Could be a pump fake. Yeah, and then it'll go down faster than I expected, or go up. It just always catches you off guard. It does. Always, well, when you have billionaires trying to buy twenty five percent of the whole Bitcoin is, supply, it's definitely a bullshit article. I mean. I, yeah, your your Twitter profiting off this. I article. know. I I feel you a little bit dirty fuck. about that one, but it's. Uh, I mean, imagine what how bad of a broker you would have to be. So Forbes has an article today where they said that uh, a particular client of a particular art dealer that also sells Bitcoin OTC um, told told her that he wants twenty five percent of the Bitcoin supply. And so that's completely outlandish to begin with. He's never going to be able to do that, even if he wanted to. I would love to see him um, try. And then the second thing is like, how bad of a broker would you have to be 
to... Oh, yeah, I'll go get that. I'll be right back. No, like, and you, like, start the process, and then you, like, announce it to the world that you're trying to get 25%. It seems like a... It seems like a a media ploy for this person's art art career. Yeah, I mean... I mean, she's selling her her Bitcoin brokerage business, right? Like she she's telling people in the article to come to her if they want to sell or buy. Well, like you said, she's obviously bad at this business. If she's yeah, that's making the market aware it. of the fact that somebody's trying to buy up a quarter of the supply. Yeah, I just thought the article was funny for a bunch of different reasons. So I just hope I think most people understand that it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, without me having to like actually spell it out to them. In terms of, uh, but there are billionaires around the world that are fucking taking notice. Absolutely, I mean, look, we have fucking Jack is is the newest billionaire to actually come out really full support of Bitcoin. Billionaires, football players. Matt Barkley was telling people to Bitcoin and chill earlier this week. You see, Russell put up stickers in his locker room. He did. Shout out Crypto Graffiti for providing that that qual uh, meme game in the back of NFL pro- press conferences. Um. Yeah, slowly but surely. The virus spreads, as Pomp says. Um, Let's talk about... Uh, there was... They had the Oslo Freedom Forum. Yes. And there was like a big focus on Bitcoin this year, supposedly. Yeah, so Joe Carlson was there um, with the Open Money Project with Alejandro as well. Um, Alex Gladstein. Yeah, they- drop it. Dropping that episode with him tomorrow. It's a really good one for you. So look out for that. Are oh, you dropping it tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm excited. Um, yeah, but Bitcoin was a, was a big topic. Uh, they said 4.1 billion people are living under authoritarian regimes. It's more than half the planet. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. And people say Bitcoin doesn't have a use case. Fucking ridiculous. What's the, uh, what's the definition of an authoritarian regime? And they did include America there. They did? Um, they didn't. Um, you know, it was like they had China there. I think they had Russia on it. There's a map with it. They like redded states. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of people owning Bitcoin or not owning Bitcoin, but under authoritarian regimes who probably should own Bitcoin. That's uh, pretty crazy. Before things get too desperate there. Um, another thing like China in the news, like the trade wars are starting to heat up, still heating up, starting to heat up. They they've been heating up. They're boiling. Um, haven't been following the 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 yuan to bitcoin charts too too closely this week but uh it seems like trump trump was in japan he went to the sumo wrestling uh event with uh shino abe and it seemed like a very very big posturing event for the u.s and japan against china so it's big dick flexing when you when you know these geopolitical sort of dick flexing pageantry stuff that 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 one was a big one in my mind because the Japanese Chinese relationship isn't the best, and yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, and uh, Trump doing that's definitely a sign of like, hey, we're partnering with your enemy. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to look at the yuan charts; it's the same charts anyway. Uh, I mean, I like that narrative that that the trade war has been pushing up the price. If I was a Chinese person, I would be absolutely going whole hog into Bitcoin. But I mean, I'm an American person, and I'm doing that anyway, right? So well. Uh, Eric Meltzer, he said he was in uh, in Beijing this week, and a lot of people are talking about stacking sats, hashtag stacking sats in particular in Beijing. It transcends transcends cultural borders. Hey, that's what we do here. We're, we don't care about culture. We do care about culture. We uh, let stacking sats fly. 
There you go. <laughs> I uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the defend crypto bullshit that's going on. Oh, let's let's spend some time on this. This so, kin kick bullshit. Kin kick bullshit. Uh, defendcrypto.com If you want to go help, no, it's dot org. Dot org. Excuse me. If you want to go, but uh, don't go to it. Don't go to it. Uh, so let's talk about it. A lot of people, there's a bifurcation in the quote unquote crypto world. Definitely not a bifurcation in the Bitcoin world of whether or not to support kicks. Uh, court case against the SEC, uh, basically. Wait, so what's Kick? First of all, it's an app. Um, it's like a WhatsApp competitor. It's like a WhatsApp competitor. They basically were a company that was dying, and they decided to launch an ICO. They raised a hundred million dollars, I believe. And I think like Union Square Ventures was already an investor in Kick. To yes, begin with. Fred Wilson, right. big token guy. Big token guy. So then they raised a hundred million dollar ICO for their Kin token. The Kin token is used in kick to buy like themes and shit yes and if you look at apparently it's the uh the number one used blockchain in the world right he had the nerve to say that yes he uh, had the nerve to say that to me on fucking and Twitter. is it run on stellar right now or an erc 20 the most used cryptocurrency in the world is his token kin and he's getting his ass handed to him by the u.s government and he's launched this fundraising campaign called defendcrypto.org and like shapeshifts behind it a couple other big names are behind it i know masari is behind it yeah um they're it's fucking their... ridiculous like how can you defend someone who's willing to like blade like he just spelled it out for us how much of a blatant liar he is like even if you're like a ripple head or an eth head or something like you know like you think more people are using kin like, that's like <laughs> ridiculous like at least tell like some kind of believable fucking lie it was funny the last time I haven't seen a landing page in a few days. The last time I saw it, the uh, most of the donations are being made in Ether, uh, Bitcoin in second, then Kin in third. Wait, um, so he donated. So they took part of their hundred million dollar ICO. And they donated two million in Ether, two million in Bitcoin, and a million dollars in their Kin token that has like one point eight million in volume, daily volume a day. <laughs> Like, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Donated his own funny money. Well, I just thought it was funny that uh, Ethereum was leading the, the fundraising charges. They have the, uh, probably the most, that platform in particular probably has the most to lose if, if this case goes awry. Um, this, is, this is an interesting battle for, for the ICO industry to pick, is, is Kick as, as the leader against the SEC, in yeah, my opinion. I mean, I think if you're... If you're will like, you're fucked if you're willing to just back a known back da- bad actor like this. Like, you're just proving their point. I loved uh, Fred Wilson's letter about it when he uh, when he wrote the kin token in parentheses. Definitely not a security. It's just like that. Oh, case settled. Not a security. Yeah, I mean, like as as far as I'm concerned, like they should just be able to do whatever the fuck they want, um, and it'll like just push things out of America. Uh, but they also should have known that this was the expectation. Like, we've all been warning of this the whole time. That's why Bitcoin has the design restrictions that it has, so that these kind of regulatory enforcements can affect the underlying system. But they just ignored that, and and they either just out of ignorance, or in some cases, like actual like malicious intent. Like they just wanted short term gains while the party lasted. Yes. But are we uh, are we bad cypherpunks, uh, quote unquote, cheerleading for this this court case to go awry? 
I mean, I as as an American, I would prefer if the SEC took like a very hands off approach on all of this. Like let just let's let everything play out, you know, more free market. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, as a Bitcoiner, I could give two fucking shits. And I'm not gonna defend a fucking guy who's I, I think I don't like calling people scammers, but like when you make a lie like that, like you're a fucking scammer. And um yeah, like Bitcoin, you know, as like a Bitcoiner, it doesn't really matter. But as an American, like all this sketchy shit is just going to move to another place. Yeah. It's not going to go away. No. Um, but again, it's interesting that the industry is getting behind this, pro- like you said, like overt lying about like the underlying fundamentals of their network um, and how it works and how much how distributed it is. I think somebody looked into the distribution, like the amount of people with more than Thirty dollars worth of kick or kin, whatever it is, is like less than fifteen hundred. I think there are just going to be some interesting things coming out of this, um, and uh, like a lot of people are looking at the chain now and stuff. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, so <coughs> I'm confused about the chain. Is there a Stellar chain in the ERC twenty chain? No. So they started as ERC twenty, then it was supposed to go to Stellar, I believe, and now they're doing a fork. They have their own fork chain of, I believe, Stellar. Um, so like a federated model. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, I don't even want to, all the specifics don't even fucking matter because it's definitely not the top used current cryptocurrency in the world. It's barely even a cryptocurrency. So like, fuck you, man. Like, that's just a ridiculous lie and he should be called out for it. And, uh, people shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't be defending bad actors like this. It just makes everyone else look bad. And I refuse to, to do that. I'm uh, definitely not having any of my Bitcoin. That's for sure. None of mine as well. And uh, I'll stand starkly with you. It's it's interesting to see who is backing this, though. And uh, think about the the entrenched incentives and motives that, that the people backing this DefendCrypto.org campaign have. Just take it with a grain of salt. Talking about uh, people with perverse incentives. Did we talk about I don't think we talked about this last week. Global coin. We didn't. Yeah, that's why I threw it on there. Um, yeah, Facebook's so, uh, shit coin. Yeah, Facebook has come out with the most Orwellian cl- uh, coin name I've seen in a while. Global coin. I don't think it'll be called global coin. I heard like, somebody say it's going to be called like Libra or something. Yeah, like Yeah, Libra that. would be a good name though. Libra just piggybacking off the uh, piggybacking off the Winklevi, bro. They're Gemini and they're going to go Libra. Oh, uh, that's true. Zuck doesn't have a fucking. But Libra's good. It's like what, like free? What does it mean? Like in Latin, it means free. Yeah, or it something? means free. Yeah, I don't know. I think they could. There would be worse names than Libra. As much as it's a fucking shit coin, like this. Global Coin is the worst name. Global Coin is like probably the worst name you could do, especially when people think of you already as like an Orwellian type of. I'm gonna use Facebook's Global Coin. Yeah, well, a topic of conversation that came up in the midst of this uh, Libra slash Global Coin announcement is that Facebook was helping sort of censor post and denying access to people in some countries uh, a couple weeks ago when when the authoritarian regime asked Zuck to, to cut off access and just think about what's going to happen to your Libra or global coin when, when you make a transaction that, that Mr. Zuckerberg does not approve of. Yeah, I mean, it obviously doesn't compete with Bitcoin. You know, like, he, like it competes with, like, PayPal and stuff like that. Could this be the AOL of, uh, of the... Of, quote-unquote blockchain adoption where people get 
sort of incepted with the idea of the internet via AOL and then moved to the free internet. Is this the same with global coin? Well, they'll get inundated with that and be like, oh, this sucks. I'm going to go use Bitcoin. I don't know. It depends. It depends how Facebook does it. You know, if you put if you put a Bitcoin and Libra wallet in every single WhatsApp, like they could quickly become like one of the biggest Bitcoin wallet companies. Um, it'd the, be fucking horrible. The most used cryptocurrency in the world. Uh, it, it would be horrible, but uh, they could also then use that as the launching point to be like one of the preeminent chain analysis companies in the world because they already have your Facebook data. And then they just pair it with your Bitcoin address data. But then the alternative approach is the users may never see an address and you just send Libra from one person to another. And at that point, it's really not red pilling anybody. It's just Venmo, some more Venmo bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Snapcash. Remember Snapchat? I don't know if they still have it. I uninstalled it. But Snapchat used to have Snapcash. You could send people cash through Snapchat. Like that doesn't red pill anyone. I mean, more so than they've already been digital payments. Yeah. Used to that and I never use the Snapchat version either. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll be following that as it, as it progresses as well. Um, last that we, we got a short list. We're already on our last topic. Yeah. I mean, this week was like kind of, it was kind of a slow week Yeah, Memorial day, uh, sort of calmed everybody down. Or not co- it didn't <laughs> calm definitely calm anybody down. down. There was fucking a shit ton of drama on Twitter. Maybe we'll touch on that later. But I first, prefer not to. But okay, me either. But uh, maybe we have to. Bit refill and async yesterday uh, opened up a one Bitcoin channel between each other, which is the biggest channel to have opened up to this point. Uh, the Lightning Network has, in its current implementation, its current uh, specification, uh, limit of zero point. One six seven 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 etc. Bitcoin sixteen million sets. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a limit, they can open the channel. Async and Bit Refill uh, made a custom implement or custom specification themselves to allow for a one Bitcoin channel. They open that in the uh, hundred million sets. Hundred million sets, and the the uh, sort of impetus for that was to allow uh, Bit Refill customers using the Lightning Network to buy more. At once, um, which well, no, cool. it doesn't really do that because that's what they said in the bit refill blog. I'm pretty. Sure. I know. I mean, but they're like testing it out, but no one can really take advantage of it because no one else's channels to like bit refill or async are over 16 million sats, right? So you still can't send. You still can't route a payment through it. Like the average user can until the default gets. That's removed. true. That's true. But. It's still huge. It's still huge nonetheless, but it's mostly for routing in between the two of them. Yeah. We'll see uh, if it says stable. Shout out to uh, Sergey, John Carvalho, Justin Carmana, and team at BitRefill really pushing, again, pushing the edge. We don't know if Lightning Network's, like I said in the, I wrote about it on the event today, Lightning Network's further along than we thought it would be. Anybody that you talk to that's building or using the network, ourselves included, will openly admit it's got a lot more. Excuse me. Work to be done going forward than has been done up to this point, but stuff like this is promising, and um, we need more people pushing the edge like this. Just fucking being completely reckless, making their own custom specification, and just proving like, hey, maybe if their node and their channel is working, uh, comment or is working well for a long enough period, it'll convince uh, uh, the Lightning specification to to get a little bit. 
looser with the amount you can put in your channels. Yeah, I love this shit. Yeah. Just keep flexing, pushing the limit. Yeah. Um, it's the best way to learn. It is. And, oh, this brings us to our node. Moved up from number 46 to number 45 in terms of capacity. Uh, by number of channels, we're number 48. And the thief, have we heard from him? Yeah, our fans node. He's a huge fan. You know, I've been talking to him through his, his email address that he posted up up on the stack and sats at, at tutanota.com. Is he, uh, has he been friendly? Does he think he'll ever give the note back, or is it? It's... I think he, he plans to pass it to, a, to another fan so that it, it can just be fan run. That would be the, the lightning node torch. There you go. Um, but he's still reciprocating channels. It's growing. What's the minimum? Tour only. Minimum reciprocation to? Two million sats. Two million sats. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can find that by going to but one. I guess. I guess we'll reciprocate. We'll reciprocate lower than that, like higher than one million. I guess the price has gone up since that, since that limit. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk to him about it. <laughs> um, no, it has. And if you guys uh, open up a channel, you want to experiment with some Lightning Network payments, check out the Dime Bag. We're actually working on uh, uh, another iteration of the Dime Bag, another cool little gadget that'll be on there. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, to a month. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Officially sold out of hats. There's no more sub freaks hats. The first, uh, the first batch, this very scarce batch, um, is sold out. There will never be any more of these trucker hats made. So if any of you freaks out there were able to get your hands on one, congrats. Uh, it's a very rare item. Hold on to it dearly, uh, until it shows up on Canal Street at some point in the, in the future. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's uh we have to figure out we still have to figure out what kind of merch we're going to go go with next. Um we'll figure it out. Slowly but surely. No rush, no rush. We're only 35 minutes in. Is this going to be a 35 minute rabbit hole recap? No, it's definitely not going to be a 35 minute whole rabbit hole recap. So we're out of topics. Let's just uh let's riff on something something you sent me earlier today. Uh Rise Wallet, they sent us a couple of free vouchers. They're a Canadian-based company, correct? Yeah, this is not sponsored content, but they sent us free. They sent us free vouchers. Uh, they're a Canadian-based company that lets you onboard onto Bitcoin without uh, KYC. I guess you like go to a store and you you buy the the voucher with with cash, and then we actually tested out the voucher. Yeah, tested out the voucher. Simple. Imagine going to a Wawa or a Dwayne Reed or a convenience store that sells something like an Amazon gift card, an Apple. Apple iTunes gift card, whatever it is, and it would have these Rise Wallet gift cards in certain denominations where it's five, twenty five hundred. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how high it goes I up think, to. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it goes above a hundred, but I'm not sure. Um, they sent us twenty five dollar cards. Yes, they sent us twenty five dollar cards. You download the app again, no KYC. Uh, it'll be connected to to your to your phone, obviously, and your your account on the App Store, but um, you can. Uh, there's like literally no sign up you scan it and it's not a, it's not a custodial wallet like they generate keys for you on your device yep um and then they send you bitcoin for the equivalent amount so it's like pegged to the dollar amount until you scan and then you can just immediately send it away to a new wallet if you want it's pretty crazy yeah no i scanned the uh the pdf of the gift card it happened in seconds and i sent it to trezor pretty pretty seamlessly it's fucking slick it's a good app they want to like put some education elements into it 
and I, I guess like they're Canada only now, but I, I think they're trying to get into the U.S. So just something to keep an eye on. I think that's like a really easy way to onboard people, um, especially if they add an element of education there. Then the user doesn't go through KYC. Uh, they never actually trust anyone with the keys. You know, they're, they're holding their own keys. That's pretty cool. Another way to stack sats, very similar to the Azteco model um, that Pudion's working on. and But that's in the UK, right? That's in the UK now. Yeah. I believe they, uh, they hope to go global eventually. But yeah, these... Uh, and there's another one there too, Fast Bitcoins or whatever, mm-hmm. by uh, the Neo B guy, Danny. Uh, Danny Brewster? Danny Brewster, yeah. What happened? He uh, he's, he's on a, a path towards penance, correct? Yeah, he like said I I don't know if I yeah. He yeah, he he want he he basically blamed it all on the Cypriot authorities. Yes. I think he uh, raised money for a fund or something like that or something. He raised money for something. Went now he's doing this fast bitcoins thing and it's the same idea. It's a voucher system. I think this voucher idea is good, but it's going to be and that's it's even better for this reason, but it's going to be like patchworks of different voucher systems everywhere because of the regulatory environment it's really like a regulatory like arbitrage type of play yes and again just some more buy pressure on um on bitcoin and little 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 uh the other one that was in time well what i'm bringing up now sorry I, i fell off there because i'm looking it up but uh it came out that in april uh grayscale their uh, their Bitcoin their GBTC product was responsible for for buying up eleven thousand two hundred ninety four Bitcoin I believe, um, and now the total I believe was like something like twenty percent of Bitcoin that were mined that month. Oh shit! What's how many? What what? What did you say? Twenty percent of Bitcoin? I gotta find. Let me let me make sure. I'm gonna find the tweet. Um, That's pretty crazy. And was I was joking the other day, like when lolly rewards are greater than the block reward, that would be. <laughs> but that's pretty crazy. They're just sucking it all up. No, yeah, that and GBTC is a notoriously hard vehicle to get into. They it's run on pink slips. It's uh, uh, it, it's arduous. Um, it's arduous uh, to get into, but it, it's for mainly targeted towards high net worth individuals and family offices. And here's the exact stat. I was off by a little bit. Uh, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust accumulated 11,236 Bitcoin in April. Currently 54,000 Bitcoin are mined per month. So they're buying up, if they keep that pace, 21% of the new supply of Bitcoin per month, which is crazy. It's, 21%. Yes. That's craziness. Yeah. Um, and we're a year away from the halving if they continue that by pressure. It's just, like half. It's it's 42%. That's crazy. And just one fund, just one pink slip fund. But the halving's priced in, Marty. But think it is. We went over 9,000 a little bit, came down pretty hard. The halving's definitely priced in. I like in. this narrative, too, that this is having action going on. What is it? Why Why do you... 11,000. 236 bitcoin in one month like that's a lot of demand and there's a lot of isn't it like a lot of like wait time to get into that product so is this like a lagging buy i have no idea it's not a product that i would ever be interested in yeah they but trade. what is it total like two billion is it are they at two billion now um assets under management 
I'm not positive, but the GBTC it trades at like a ridiculous premium. GBTC is trading at eleven thousand nine hundred and twenty-two dollars. It's because right there's no ETF in America. If there's if there was ever an ETF, then it would go down. Yeah. Yeah, but like, that's what like, I mean. That's a, a lot of high net worth individuals that are into GBTC and got in early. They're using that as like a great arb strategy. And Barry's just pulling uh, crazy fees. Yeah, he's just pulling his management fee out of it. <laughs> Fucking most lucrative business. Is this bad for Bitcoin? Buying t- one fund, buying twenty one percent. No, it's the- fine. I imagine if it was proof of stake, though. Right. Then it could be an issue. Well, proof of stake, uh, it would be easier. It'd be harder for nation states to to take out a proof of stake network. I, I saw that you got in a little argument. I about don't that. think that's true. What was the uh, what was the reasoning of the the premise of the argument? Oh, oh, the one with, with Santi. Yes. Uh, the premise was that Maduro and other authoritarians could shut down Bitcoin miners, um, and they trace them by their electricity. So they're easier to shut down. Is that a good? That's a pretty good argument. Uh, I would. I would no. Um, so one of the beauties of Bitcoin mining, one of the beauties of mining in general, of proof of work, is that anyone can plug in their hardware around the world, do no KYC or anything, and they can access the system and get paid out for the work they provide. Right. That's where like Bitcoin's true permissionlessness comes from. Like the lack of permission there on actually getting your hands on your first Bitcoin. Um, in a proof of stake system, like that doesn't exist. Get the buy in. You have to buy it from someone. So if you regulate all the exchanges and whatnot, it becomes really difficult to, to get fiat basically into the system. Um, so I would say that like the, it's like a it's almost like a fictitious alternative to have oh well the venezuelans already had coins somehow like how do they obtain them and then they're staking so then there's no you know electric costs there and they just get keep get keep get keep keep getting paid the rewards and then you have other issues with like pos proof of stake where like it's going to centralize with exchanges and funds and stuff like that and those are easier to target and regulate while mining you can do like relatively anonymous. Um, so bringing it back to GPTC, like what happened if, if a government or something where the U S government tries to seize their, their fund in particular, you think that could ever happen? It'd be pretty bullish. It'd be very bullish. The U S government would have a huge chunk of, of Bitcoin though. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it'd be really bad if it was proof of stake, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, but with proof of work, you don't have that issue. What kind of, they don't get any, they could sell. Exactly. Does, we talked about Bulgaria. Does the U S government have any, uh, seize Bitcoin still to auction off? They keep, there's like rolling auctions when yeah. they like get Bitcoin. It usually happens around this time of year though, right? Like early June, mid June, I, I believe that's when that's, I'm pretty sure that's when Draper bought his Silk Road Bitcoin. They don't definitely don't have large amounts. I think it happens multiple times a year. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see if any of you freaks know if the, uh, the U.S. government has any seized Bitcoin on the balance sheet. Let me know. I think we're past the point where they would ever seize uh, GBT. I did too. I was just trying to make a semantics point about. Yeah, they it can't would, affect proof of work system, but they love GBTC because that's just like fully regulated Bitcoin. You know, yeah. no one has any self custody rights or anything. Yeah, but again, just 
let that be an indicator for you freaks out there. There's very rich people paying a very high premium to get into this this fund right now. Um, yeah, there's also probably like middle middle income people paying too. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, like people that just want to easily put in their IRA and they they didn't listen to your episode with uh, with Andrew. Isn't the minimum buy pretty high though? Uh, if you just buy it on the, like TD Ameritrade or something, yeah, you can buy it on the TD. I think you can just buy it on TD. They sell pink slips on TD. I wasn't sure. Yeah, you yeah. can just. It's like the easiest way for just you know some middle of the road American who's comfortable with like the stock market account to to do it. Hey, drop gold, buy Bitcoin. Buy gold, buy Bitcoin. You know, shout out to them again for that uh, that incredible marketing campaign. Have you seen that in the wild yet? I haven't. I don't watch TV commercials, so yeah, neither do I. So I wouldn't know. Yeah, but they're targeting all the the key the key channels like the CNBCs and the Foxes and stuff like that. I think it'll be a pretty good campaign. It's it's already been successful because it riled up all the gold guys. How do we think of uh, mainstream media coverage of Bitcoin this time around as the Bitcoin price starts to pick up again? CNBC is tweeting about it more. I saw they just tweeted like. They just tweeted up Bitcoin last night. CNBC Fast Money, the like product hunt, tweeted it out. I'm uh, I'm worried. Uh, the there was a another CNBC segment earlier this week where somebody was lamenting that that people need to sell their houses, sell their wives, sell their children, sell their dogs to buy Litecoin. Um, just be aware. Be aware of the sources of information you're taking in during these uh, fanatic euphoric periods of of the price swings. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think the coverage is is more favorable uh in general it seems. And and that should become the case as Bitcoin gets more developed. Um it is a bit frustrating. And I mean I didn't have I tried to temper my expectations but like all the same shit that we saw in 2017 is still there, right? Oh yeah. It's just like hiding slightly below but like well, like fucking Leo got launched the Bitfinex token, and like people are pumping that. I don't know. It's just I feel yeah. Seems like the animal spirits are, are riling up all across the markets. Um, no, no Vegeta memes were released during the recording of this podcast. We're still below nine thousand. Yeah, you you're you're really excited to post that. That I wouldn't have known it was over nine thousand unless I saw your meme. I uh, it happened so quickly. Sorry for um, for jumping the shark there, there freaks. We're not jumping the shark, shooting, jumping the gun. Did you see this this app that uh, Dan Heldshield get pie or whatever? Get pay. Get uh, how, is that how you think you pronounce P-E-I, it? Yeah, yeah, get pay. Pay. Uh, uh, did you try it out? Have not tried it out, but I've talked to people who have. Um, I have you tried it out? Yeah, I installed it. What do you think? Um, it's okay. It's Satspec. Satspec, you have to tie in a credit card, right? Yeah, I looked at the privacy policy. It's like all right, I guess. Like they're they're claiming the same thing as Lolly, basically, which is that their business model isn't selling your data, uh, and that it, their business model is instead, uh, just getting a commission from retailers that you use. You register your credit card. It's super simple. Um, it uses plaid in the background or plaid plaid uh <laughs> and uh yeah it uses that in the background to pull your shit 
and I yeah, so I hooked it up to one of my credit cards. I you know I just I, I assume all that credit card information is just fucking up for grabs anyway. Yeah, Equifax got pretty pretty face fucked, so yeah. it's probably out there somewhere. And the big the most you know with the problem with all these things is like partners, right? And, you know, like, Helge is, like, posting withdrawals and stuff, but most of that is because he posted his ref link, and that's where he got paid. Um, but they have, like, Uber. Uber is, like, a big one, I guess. Um, and then, like, a lot of fast food. I don't eat fast food, so. Random Uber tra- tangent here. As a lifelong New Yorker, how's it? How's the death of the Yellow Cab Company? Uh, how's that that's sitting with you? Are you going to miss them? Um. The actual like, company went out of business. No, it's not going out of business. But I watched uh, I watched like a mini doc on with a bunch of like yellow cab drivers and the medallion prices have obviously crashed and Uber is is competing at at, at a pace at which they cannot. It seems like the yellow cab may be going. Well, uh, the yellow cab is a great story because um, you had these people who who would invest but basically all their life savings were invested in these medallions which allowed every time you had a medallion you were able to run a yellow cap but the medallion system was based on a government enforced scarcity model where the government was not issuing new medallions there was a fixed amount and it was a clear case of like it's like a centralized chain like you're trusting a central validator to say that there's not going to be any new medallions or any new tokens so the first thing the New York government did that really fucked them was they decided, you know, the green cabs. Yeah. They the were like, ones. those medallions aren't true yellow medallions. We created these new green medallions that allow you to have a green cab and it can only be in the outer boroughs. And they basically inflated the supply before Uber even came into town. And then Uber came in and basically broke down that scarcity model because they routed around it. You didn't need a medallion to run the things. And all these people, they just like lost their life savings. They lost everything because they took mortgages out on their medallions and they took loans out on their medallions. At their peak, a medallion was like a million dollars. Like that was right before Uber hit. And then it's like very few people were lucky enough to sell the medallion at a million. Let me let's say it that way. Right. And like it just fucking plummeted like you can't even really sell them anymore um and that's just what happens when you trust you know like the government to run your your basically your money right yeah small micro uh example of of these systems playing out are you are you gonna have any nostalgia for the yellow cabs well you love taking yellow cabs i do i feel like i i the majority of the time i take yellow cabs i take them with you yeah because they're always just there yeah well they didn't used to be it used to be really difficult to get a cab right now it's super easy to get a yellow cab they're like in vogue again yeah um because of that bullshit scarcity they had in the first place this is uh this this is why we're here people talking about truly scarce resources like bitcoin uh you're never gonna print more than 21 million not my lifetime at least um that's all we got. You want to riff on anything else? Are you going no. to miss the yellow cabs? That's what I like. No, no. I'm Uber provides a better experience. Yeah. The yellow cabs were resting on their laurels. They were, it was, you know, it was a government sanctioned monopoly. Uh, and I, I, wherever is the case, I would like more free market. So, you know, hopefully Uber has some competitors that you know they they do kind of right but hopefully they have more competitors 
And I think the customer will end up seeing the lowest, best service, cheapest, best service. We need a competitor to come in and light a fire under the MTA's ass. That's next. Um, Yo, Elon, if you're listening, I know you are. Get the boring company out here. We we need some underground tunnels by uh, private companies. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) I'm not. No, I, I think we wouldn't even let Bezos come to Queens. I can't imagine letting Elon come into Manhattan and uh, and doing his thing. I just I think that like in a city like New York, like how do you do subway costs and stuff with like the safety that you have nowadays? It's just super expensive. Everything's super expensive. So like, why not just wait five years, you know, and and have like autonomous bus routes that you don't have to do like any new infrastructure basically you could just do like uber pool but with like bigger ubers yeah we shall see we it shall see so much cheaper the landscape has changed a lot unless i watching that uh, again that mini doc i think it was vice um just caught my eye colin colin quinn did i'm a big colin quinn fan um but uh that was interesting and i think the key there is that if you did it in a public transportation setting you could have like if you had divided lanes, if they were in their own lane, then you're basically it's like you're running a train without train tracks. You right. know, then it's, that's super easy to run autonomous vehicles. We already the have hard part is when you have them with people and shit mixed in. Yeah, we already have the red bus lanes here. Um, yeah. All right, freaks. That's all we got this week. Um, peace and love. Stay humble, stack sets. Bikini!